Damian Lillard drops 50 points versus the Cleveland Cavaliers on January 13, becoming the 15th player this season to drop 50-plus in a game. We discussed the recent scoring explosion that's happening in the NBA, Josh Giddy, the refs, and how things are shaping up in this year's NBL 22-23 season. So let's get stuck into the latest episode of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. What's up, everybody? Garbage Time Basketball Podcast in the house. I'm Rodney E, the pod god of sport comedy podcasts, and I'm here with the fellas again, the regular crew, the OG crew, Matt, the most aggressive podcaster in the game. How are you doing, man? Uh, not bad, mates. We're talking just off air before, and I'm just trying to stay out of the heat and not get sunstroke. It's hot in Melbourne. At the moment. Yeah, it's hot in Victoria at the moment, which is, uh, I don't know, it, like Queensland and stuff, like they're like, you weak ass people can't take the heat. And they're right. It gets over like 30 degrees for more than one day and everything stops here in, in Yeah, Victoria. we just start melting. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. On the other side there, the Oracle. Frank, here you go, man. Yeah, good, good. I'm just thinking, Sunstroke, do you guys ever think of like, when you ever hear Sunstroke, you know, you just think of just being outside in the sun, just rubbing, whacking off? Because that's fucking sunstroke. No, I think that's, that's just you, you sick fuck, I think. Yes. <laughs> Didn't take long uh, for the Oracle there to descend this podcast into dick humour <laughs> and jizzing somewhere on something some for, for some reason. Well, someone had to do it. Yeah, someone had to do it. You're right. You're right. How's the social media going? Frank, how are, how are we going on uh, on TikTok and uh, all that shit? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of right. You know, we've had one really good video go go off. The other ones haven't been all right. But, yeah, it, it all comes down to what you put up and topics and what, what you hashtag. So there'll be some videos where you'll get more views and some you won't just because of the other topics. So, yeah, no, it's going well. I have no idea how it works. I'll never pretend to know. Either. I know you can promote shit on Twitter now, so looking into that. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea how it works. But we're trying to put a few more bite-sized things out there on social media. Stay engaged with the uh, basketball community online there, which is great, which is so much fun all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all that noise. Let's get straight into the opening tip. And... For today's opening tip, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA officials. I don't know whether you guys take much notice of those guys when you're watching basketball, particularly the NBA officials, because, you know, they've gone undergone a few reforms in the last few years regarding how things are officiated. And there's been a few mistakes. Frank? Yeah. You want to wait? <laughs> The uh, the Cleveland and Chicago game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, the most recent one there that you uh, you and I I think were both watching at the time. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell just broke it before the, when he was not supposed to, and yeah, the officials didn't call it. But yeah, which he which right. you know it, it impacted the game severely because it went into overtime and Cleveland won. That's right. It could have prevented overtime. Um, there was also a traveling violation missed on Jared Allen with twelve seconds to go. 
So that we would all, have changed. We all know how shit they are with calling tra- with uh, travelling calls. Well, look, travels. That's look. I can speak from experience. It's a pretty hard one. Sometimes you do miss it because you're not watching the feed or something. It could be a hard one to catch. But Bulls head coach Billy Donovan Donovan said after that game, uh, the last two minute report doesn't do anything. It could be three games now, and that's uncomfortable because I felt our guys battled and competed. He's talking about the last two minute report that the NBA puts out following games. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Nope. Yeah, I, I knew that they were doing that. I knew that was like a new innovation that they were doing to sort of have transparency and make it yeah. public that they know that they're analysing all this stuff. That they're looking at it and they're... Y- yeah, I mean... You know, but what, what do people want out of that situation? They want some sort of justice, don't they? Well, like they- I think so. I don't have a problem with refs making mistakes. Like, everyone in They're going to make mistakes. They're going to It's an imperfect... Like, everyone tries for perfection. That's admirable but it's ultimately impossible like players make mistakes coaches make mistakes everyone makes mistakes including the refs i've got no problem with refs making mistakes i guess the problem i have with the nba refs is probably their refing philosophy in general just the way you know that games are refed and the way that it impacts playing styles and 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 stuff like that i don't have any problem with mistakes sure it is annoying and and frustrating and sometimes tragic when a ref's decision impacts the the final you know the outcome of a game yeah like also player mistakes do that as well you know what i mean like i i feel like it's uh over analyzed is ref mistakes and also, I think that uh, they don't really do anything. That two, last two-minute report doesn't really do anything in terms of revenge <laughs> on refs. Yeah, it's not- really acknowledgement. It's not. It's just acknowledgement of mistakes, really, which is, Correct. I guess, yeah. in itself good. I think it's fine. Um, I think they should be doing it. Billy Donovan just says it doesn't have any effect on on the teams. They don't. They don't get any any value out of it. I guess that's just his opinion. I don't think it was ever aimed to though. Well, it's just we made a mistake. That's it. What do they want? You know what I mean? You know, you want to get a fucking, yeah. you know, Billy's- platter of, you know, meats in the mail as, as an apology or something like that. You know, like a fucking <laughs> yeah. bouquet well, of flowers be, or cheeses or something. Nice. What do you want? They, You know what I mean? They acknowledged it. Move on. <laughs> Billy's Move on. just pissed off because two games in a row that he thinks that he got, you know, done in by the refs. Yeah, because they played him uh, two nights earlier and DeMar wrote that. Came out on the report that Demar Rosen had got fouled, and they didn't call it. So, yeah, I mean, they're I probably looking at it like in like internal things with the refs and stuff like. They're probably you'd have to think they're they're looking at it. So, look, it's it's like I said, not good that it's affecting the outcome of games, but shit, man, you know what I mean? Fuck. Frank, you, you, his team has made a lot of mistakes this season, so let's not fucking go pointing fingers about people make mistakes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's no one's above making mistakes. I think we've established that. But Frank, what do you think happens to the uh, to the refs when they make a bad call? But I mean, as, as a fan, you want all right. You know, of course, refs are going to make mistakes, but you want to know that you know the NBA could come out verbally and just say, you know, all right, we yes, we did fucked up. Refs fucked up. We're going to work on it. Where we want to make our refs better. That's that's all I want out of it. Yeah, and yeah. but there's nothing. You don't hear of anything like that. Well, you don't really hear about what happens to the refs if they make a particularly bad call at a crucial stage in the game. No, there's sort of you know, especially with that game, it did impact the game, and they said yes, we're fucked up, and that's all you hear. I reckon internally they they keep a well, the head of the refs or whatever, he keeps a fucking tab, you know what yeah, I mean, well, on, no, on well, who fucked up, and then at the end of the season, 
the people that fucked up the most don't get to ref in the playoffs or the pinnacle, the NBA finals. Yeah, Matt's actually correct because I've read a little bit of an article here about this particular subject, particularly if NBA referees get fined for bad calls. And in this article, they, they say the short answer is yes. Uh, referees can be held accountable for their mistakes. The NBA has a process in place to review all officiating decisions and issue fines or suspensions as appropriate. That said, it's important to note that this process is not always transparent and that the league does not always take action, even when officials make obvious errors. This lack of accountability can be frustrating for fans and players alike. So it goes into some details about how the refs are reviewed, graded, how they're assigned. And like you said, Matt, they're assigned to more important games, the better their record is. So if yeah. they haven't as met, had as many fuck-ups, obviously they get looked at for the, the end of the season games. Yeah, I mean, so, like, and obviously you're treated the job, right? It's prof- they're professional. So if you want to, like, get promoted – then you work on your stuff. You make mistakes, sure. You learn from them. You get better. Like, well, I can tell you from being a ref, you do. You don't want to make mistakes. You you want to be as accurate as you can. You want to bring some sort of quality standard to the game, so it doesn't just descend into a big foul fest, you know. And there's a genuine incentive there and protocol that the that the league has to incentivize refs to be better, not to make these mistakes. I think what we've seen a little bit this year is a bit of overcalling. You know, there's a lot of touch fouls, a lot of, you know, just hands on a guy's back, that sort of thing. I don't think the players are adjusting to that. I don't see him adjust. And uh, the other thing I noticed with the NBA refs making calls is it seems a bit more delayed. I don't know whether you, either of you guys... I've noticed that. Notice yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. But like it seems like they wait on the play a little bit before they make the call. And you think, fuck, hang on, how late was that call? Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. It's fine if it's I the think right they're waiting call. to see what happens. Is, uh, they're waiting to see what happens in the play, I think, in some Correct. instances. Yeah. They do it in AFL where they're like, oh, let's see who fucking, if, if you know, I'm not going to blow genuine. the whistle if they keep the possession of the ball or something like that, you know, which is kind of not, uh, yeah, I don't really agree with. It's a but little bit outside. It's well, the, you might be right. They, uh, you know, some people refer to that as playing advantage. Yeah. You know, in domestic basketball, you, you, there's plenty of instances where you might do that. Otherwise, dudes just get fouled out of the game. They just don't adjust to the to the rules. Yeah. I think the refs are definitely calling heaps more fouls this year. Again, I don't have like stats in front of me, but I notice the whistle going off all the time and definitely delayed in some circumstances. Like they're waiting on situations to see how it plays out before they make the call. But if it's an obvious foul, just make the call. I mean, yeah, that's that, that's that's the that, change. It's the changing of the game now. It, it, it was more, you know, back when we were watching, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, it was it was less fouls. They played more physical, but now it's more for the on- offensive player. So, you know, they'll get more calls than what the defenders will nowadays. So that, in regards to that, that's why it, that's changed in that regards. Yeah, yeah I reckon you're right. I reckon you're right, Frank. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, so we're seeing the the NBA officials go through it a bit of a, a, an adjustment period. I reckon there's all sorts of conspiracy theories, of course, out there about uh, fucking what's his name, Chris Paul and bloody Scott Thompson or whatever that ref that never never gives him a foul call apparently. Yeah, over six fourteen straight playoff games or something. The the Suns lost with Scott Foster as the ref. Yeah, do you reckon? Do you reckon there's refs out there who just flat out just hate certain players? And who um, would, oh, I who think, would, yeah, who I would think for sure, man. They, I mean, they're human. I mean, they try. You, you, of course, you hope that they remain professional, but you know, they're human, right? <laughs> and they see each other. They see these people so often. You know what I mean? That's uh, get sure. fed up. All right, sure. Just get fed up with some shit. You know, you just get 
you get tired of it and uh, you crack the shits. Like there's got to be someone at your work, like just at your work, Frank, that you hate, right? I I hate many. Yeah, well, there you go. It's a workplace, right? So, <laughs> so you know that there's probably many players that they cannot stand and they hate. I think but the refs – Be professional, just like you, Frank, at work. So, you know, you just got to keep it professional. I think that's what the officials genuinely try to do. I don't think they got, try to go in with any sort of bias, but, yeah, yeah, they're people and, uh, you know, they might be less tolerant on, on some days of some players and, and yeah, some, some players might genuinely get under their skin a bit more. I, I definitely know – like, it definitely goes around ref rooms, certain players who create – generally create a problem on the basketball court, like it will argue a lot or challenge calls yeah. a lot. So they get known and you see him coming, you're just like, oh, no, here he comes, you know. Well, I've said it before and I'll probably repeat we, myself, but I would too, love to see. Ladies too. Them, like there's plenty of angry ladies playing. Well, like in AFL, I'd, I'd like to see no fucking, hey, don't talk to the refs, no talking to them. At all. Yeah. Do, do you think I'll, they could genuinely do that, though? Especially something like the NBA where it's an entertainment league and people are expecting drama and all that sort of stuff. Would the, would the players be able to adjust to not talking to the refs at all? Well, I I'm not saying don't react. I think that we've got to have emotion in the game. But I just think that directing how, – how often do we see pe- uh, just constant fucking nagging and whinging at the refs? You do see Luke, – Luca, Luca is probably one of the worst at it. Bad. I think. Where he's just, really he co- as soon as he misses a shot, he turns, he looks at the ref, and he's constantly on them. He's not even getting back. You know what I mean? You know, who, you know who's but, pretty bad that pisses me off? Who's that? Tatum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he complains. Here's the thing, it's lot. creeping in everywhere now. And I just would like to see a no, just cut it off. Respect for the ref. If you're going to talk to them, talk to them respectfully, or you're going to get teed up immediately. I'd like to see real hard and fast rule. Anyway, that's not that's not the topic that we're talking about getting distracted. Sorry, I'll, uh, Yeah, a little bit. But um, if the refs really want the players to adjust, they all the players want is consistency across the board. And, you know, they need to fundamentally change the way they ref. Or how they how they communicate and deal with players themselves. Maybe they want a bit more freedom them, themselves to talk to the players, and that's why they let them go a little bit, Adam. I think the whole thing is just a, an exercise in nothing. It's, nothing's going to happen talking to the ref. No, what do you th- what's going to happen? Doesn't generally change anything. No, I think the only Guarantee person that should be able to talk to the ref is the coach. That's that's what I think. But you know, I'm a grumpy old person, so yeah. Al <laughs> gets called. It's done. Fucking move on and just keep playing the game. Yeah, move on with your lives. Players. Well, they can comply. They can. They can fucking you know punch the air and stamp their feet, whatever. As long as it's not like right at the ref. You know what I mean? Like if I can do it, gesture the crowd, whatever. Yeah, just try not to direct anything at the ref because nothing could be gained by that. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's enough ref talk. To, for now, we'll uh, we'll move off refs. Hopefully we don't see him affecting too many more games. One thing it hasn't really affected this season is the scoring output. I think great skill and uh, increased space on the floor. Donovan Mitchell in that uh, Cavaliers-Bulls game, overtime 71 points. That's the first time that's been done since... uh, Devin Booker. Yeah. He got 70 and uh, the highest since Kobe's 81, I think. Yeah. But it'll always have that little asterisk, won't it, Frank? Yes, it will. <laughs> will it though? I mean, I don't care. Nah, but nah, uh, nah, I don't. Nah, do, I probably at, won't. You know. Like yeah, I got a lot of respect that. for it, for for him in that game because it was a close game. He went off. It was a tightly fought game. You go back to the Devin Booker one where he scored seventy-one against. I remember against the Celtics in a blowout. Like 
the uh, different game. I've got no, I have no respect for the, for scoring seventy in a losing team in a blowout. It's a team that's not really trying on defense too. That's yeah, sort of just letting. And then to, I remember Booker got on social media afterwards and was talking shit too afterwards, and I was like, "You lost by, I think it was over twenty points." Yeah, it's definitely more memorable in a win, isn't it? But I, I was saying to Rod, because we, we were, you know, we we're talking to each other while watching the game. I said, you know, I won't be mad if Chicago loses this. So I said, fucking Mitchell deserves a, a W for this. Just a monumental effort. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty efficient 71 points. You know, he shot over 50%, I think, in regular time at least to get to 55 or 56, whatever he had. You see, there's, I think there's six players that are averaging over 30 points a game at the moment. When was the last time we saw that? Yeah, there's definitely a scoring explosion. What do you reckon the reason for it is? I'm going back to how the game's being played at the moment with the refs more offensive-minded, defenders not getting the calls. Um, it's, I mean, purely it's evolution of the game. It's the three-point shot. It is the science that's available to the players now. With the millions of dollars they've got now, they've got all the science. They've got all the science technology available to them to make them the best they can. Back in the 80s and 90s, it was defense first. And back then, there was you know none of this stuff that uh, a lot of the stuff that's available to players now wasn't available to players back then. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with, I, I, I agree with that, Frank. That. No, I do. I agree with that. I also think it's – I don't think it's just one thing. It's like a few things. Yeah. Well, sports, sports analytics has crept in and said, hey, everyone, shoot as many three-point shots as possible and the person that makes the most is going to win. So every offense is one pass, three point. And I think it's the NBA. They want these high offensive games as well. Yeah. It keeps yeah. the newer fan uh, glued to the TV. Whereas, yeah, they, they you know, we're, yeah, us older guys who like watching the, the the grit and grind type of games for the average new fan out there, if, if you know, there, there was a game on like that, I'd just fucking switch it off. I've got an article in front of me from um, uh, the sporting news dot Com, uh, they talk about three reasons why the scoring overall has, has gone up, not only for individual players but teams as well. I'll just read out the, the titles here. More talent and higher usage rates, spacing, three-pointers and lineup construction, transition defense. They're the three main reasons. In my personal opinion, is I think skill level has gone up overall. I think the way offenses are constructed now, that provides more space so guys can go on the dribble a lot easier and finishing at the rim has actually gone up in percentage this year compared to the last two seasons. Three-point shots have actually decreased a little bit. Attempts from beyond the arc in 22-23 have actually gone slightly down compared to the previous two seasons, but offenses are perfecting their styles of play and eliminating low-quality looks. Yeah, I think... uh, People are getting more used to more three-point shots, but they're trying to decrease the number of attempts and eliminate bad three-point shots. Yeah, I think yeah, it definitely the game is a lot more up-tempo. And, but you watch on the offensive end as well, It's the players are just uh, are spaced out so much now. So, you know, well, that's going to create shots. And tra- Under transition defense here, it says uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points, 71 points and Clay Thompson racked up 54 points on the same night. Uh, the Athletics Anthony, Anthony Slater asked Warriors coach Steve Kerr for his thoughts on the rise in crazy individual performances. While Kerr did mention skill level and three-point shooting, he added another piece of the conversation. This is Kerr. Transition defense is an all-time low in this league, Kerr said. Every single night on League Pass, you see five guys standing there. Somebody shoots, somebody runs long, and everybody goes, oh, that guy's laying it up down there. And the coach calls timeout. So he reckons that the transition defense has really decreased. It's allowing a lot more easy baskets. 
in the open yeah, floor. That's that's. I'll- I think that's that's probably fairly accurate as well. You just you just. I mean, I watch the Celtics a lot, and as it's well known, like it pisses me off to see them just not trying. Sometimes they just d- don't put any effort. They're just coasting. In the game. Yeah, well, you know. So it's got to be a reason I'll, for the more scoring. We talked about referees being human. Players are only human too. They're playing 82 games. A broken record here, 82 games, too many. You know what I mean? You expect no, them to be locked them. in. They get they're scoring more points though. They get paid millions of dollars, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Fucking just shut up and play, play the games. But they're, they're like, they're, but just yeah. saying that though doesn't do nothing, man, because like there's they no punishment. The game. They're scoring more points. There's no – like Tatum's not point. getting benched, you know what I mean, for not, not getting back on defense. That's right. Yeah, coach isn't going to – probably they're probably not going to punish that. You're right. They're pretty soft on their on their star players, just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Pandering to them. I think they're pretty valid points as to why overall scoring has gone up. We've seen, you know, Giannis has gone off for 55. You know, Luca went off for 60 the other week as well. Donovan Mitchell and, and Clay Thompson, 54 and 71 on the same night. It's going nuts. The scoring. I think you're right, Frank. I think the NBA loves it because they're just they're saying this is what engages the the newer fans. Yeah, when you know when the fans see those big numbers, they go fuck. You know, I should have been watching that game, or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start watching more games to hopefully see some high scoring games. Well, I think we've seen the focus shift to individual players a little bit more, right? Like we've talked about this in previous episodes, how there's a lot of focus on that and yeah. you know, ten, tends to be the newer audience that focus on the individual a bit more rather than the team. You know, it's just the stars of the league, not so much a star team. Other than you get, you know, you got your Warriors and stuff, I guess. But Fuck, OKC against Boston, they scored 150 points. They did. Yeah, I saw that. Ah, oh, fuck. Josh Giddy. That leads perfectly into our next segment about Josh Giddy because Josh has been insane over the last 15 or 16 games for OKC. He's been awesome. Really, really good. I saw him saw him play against the Heat. They didn't win that game, but Josh just finds a way to work his himself into the game. He doesn't go out there and try and dominate. He just fits he fits himself in wherever he fits. And he's quite tall. He gets he gets passes over the top of people. He's got really good vision. I think he's finishing at the basket. It's seemingly getting better from what what I can see. I've just got this little clip on, uh, from YouTube here from a channel called Rero Balls, and he's an OKC fan. He's just going to talk about Josh Giddy for a second here. Because of the big surge in his quality of play over his last 16 games, and as a Thunder fan myself, I know for a fact that this actually is the best month-long stretch that Giddy's ever had in his young NBA career, as since the month of December began, he's put up much improved stats of more than 16 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 5.4 assists, while shooting more than 49 percent from the field and a highly efficient 45 and a half percent from behind the arc there you go that's that's that was the month of december and then since then he's had two or three triple doubles yeah i mean he's playing great he's uh <clears throat> he's actually okc got a guy shooting coach from spurs a guy called i was reading about this as well his name's chip england and okay. he's and he's a he's just a shooting coach and that's he's been working with giddy all season long and probably next season too but you know i was looking at his stats and you know last season he shot 26 percent from the three point that's right yeah he was a pretty poor three-point shooter and now he's shooting 34. Yeah, so he's getting it up there. He's getting it up there. They, they reckon by the end of next season, he's going to be, um, I mean, he might not be fucking Ray Allen, but uh, he's going to be a lot, lot better than even what he is now. I think so, yeah. I think he's going to be, uh, it, it's, he's improving in leaps, leaps and bounds as far as I can see. 
that shot looks is looking pretty good, pretty smooth. Well, even his normal field goal percentage has gone up from 41% last season to currently 47. There you have it. Josh Giddy is taken over the NBA. Who would have thought he, uh, first of all, would have gone number five in the in the draft, and now he's, man, he's probably the second best player on that team, I think. Oh, definitely. We don't know about Chet yet. Obviously, he hasn't, he's not going to play this season, but I think he's established himself in OKC there. He's uh, He does a lot for him. He leads the team. He leads them. That's what impresses me. He goes out there and he takes charge of the team. He guides them. Takes big shots when, when they need him to. Yeah, not many pass first, like sort of playmakers in the league, is there? And they're, they're genuine assists too, Matt, like passes that lead directly to a layup or, or an open, yeah. open shot, not this pass to the guy he fakes does a dribble move around two players and then gets a layup, the guy gets an assist. Yeah. Not those type of assists. Josh is a genuine assist. Yeah. He's I mean, not I get, always I, scoring the ball, but he's rebounding and, and passing is is elite. What I like about, and probably one of the reasons why Thunder will be a powerhouse in the upcoming seasons, is they actually run plays. They don't just run action for their right. star player. They actually run basketball sets instead of just straight up fucking action for the person to come off a fucking screen and uh, shoot a jump shot, you know, like every, every franchise player. Like Tatum's, I mean, you know, he's elite. They just run action for him straight away. So I like that about them because that gives them not just one threat, there's five threats. You know, yeah. and they're going to get they're going to get real good. Do they have a lottery pick in the next draft? I'm pretty sure they've got multiple about picks. 40 years. I don't know uh, if you know Frank, but uh, well, yeah, they, they're getting uh, the, the Lakers pick, right? As the Lakers, well as their own, I think. The Lakers pick. The, so what? What is that projected to be? So I mean, in depends where it finishes. Top ten. Finish. Well, they, yeah. they'll probably get in the play-in. So you'd think they probably might be get a play-in team. I reckon. Okay, so you might be right. I reckon they could make a play-in for sure. They're playing well enough. They struggle in the clutch a little bit. Well, they're only a game and a half the, out of playing. See, they're right. They're right around that. They're right there area. The play-in tournament could see him getting in there. SGA is is an elite player as well. That guy is. Just yeah, he's been balling. Sort sort of like Paul George, I guess. You reckon he's sort of got that sort of game where he's, you know, the long dribble and elite three point shooting and finishing at the hoop. Yeah, I can sort see of, that. I can see that comparison. Reminds me of yeah. Paul George a lot. SGA and he's he's you know still very young as well. They got a good young core there. They're going to be a good team. And Mark, like you said, Matt, Mark Dagnall is all about team offense, team defense. You know, yeah. He's not running plays for any individual player. Although you do see Gildas Alexander, he'll just take the ball out at the top sometimes and everyone clears out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There is He's, he's ultra aggressive, I noticed too, as well, which is... Sometimes you need that. I think in the NBA, sometimes... You, oh, for sure. Need yeah. That. They're a good team. I, I don't think they're definitely going to make the playoffs, but hope for Josh's sake, they do. I'll get close to it if not. They might I, upset someone if they get in. They might upset someone. They might knock someone out of there. All right, uh, let's finish it off with a bit of NBL talk, shall we? NBL unrivaled. This is a world-class league. I know you talk my language. All right, so yeah, I'll give you the floor a bit here, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you project the top four finishes in in the league. How do you see it? Sydney playing out because we're we're about we're twenty one odd, twenty two odd games in. Is, yeah, yeah. So we're about 20, four games to go. Four Sydney. games is it? 
Yeah. Kings, Kings fucking flogged Brisbane. That was always going to happen. They this, uh, uh, change man. as much the lineup here. It's, it looks pretty set, the top four, but it could change a little bit still. Yeah, I think that Southeast Melbourne's going to get in. You think? Oh, yeah, I think oh, they are going to get four. in because they've played more games because of the COVID situation in New Zealand. They've played more games than everyone else at the moment, and they, of course, Joe Chi goes home. They yep. lose. Both their imports to injury. Apparently, it rounds out. Yep. Yeah. Also, Trey Kell as well. Trey Kell out. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Brockoff goes down for a couple of games as well. So they've just been right at the wrong time. They got hit by injuries, and apparently, all those players are going to come back, except for Joe Chi, of course. So I think that they get enough wins to get in. I don't think they get into the top four, though. I think probably, man, you'd have to say that the Wildcats will drop out. They look just, shaky, yep. Yeah, I think just the way that they're trending and they're a bit desperate as well. They signed the uh, brother of uh, the other guy. Uh, what's his name? The uh, the former Breakers uh, player. You know, Webster. the two brothers. Yeah, Ty Webster. Yeah, brother, yeah. So brother they signed him because they – yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, the, the Wildcats will miss again, which is almost unbelievable to think that uh, they made the two playoffs. Two years for, in a row, yeah, after not missing for forever. Yeah, and I would really like to see – Really, because it really sort of inherited this team. I'd really like to see. I think really is going to be a good coach. I'd really like so, to see yeah. him get a chance at it with his own roster, with his own rost- constructed roster, roster next season. I think he'll get multiple seasons to to prove himself. Yeah, up there for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think that yeah, you're right. The top four is set, but it's going to be an absolutely massive game this Sunday. Uh, the Taipans versus the Breakers in New Zealand. That's going to decide basically who finishes second. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be massive. And we talked about injuries to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They've still played pretty well with those. With They've lost four, but they still were competitive. Yeah. They had a lot to yeah, they weren't blow hang out. their hat on. The Taipans lost Pinder. He hasn't played for the last three games, four games, I think, and they have not lost. So they lose their star player, their MVP candidate, and don't miss a beat. You've got to give them huge props for that. And I think that They're a lot amazing. of people will be eating their hats because they predicted that they would finish last this season. Yeah. And I'm taking a lot of pride in saying that I fin- actually predicted them to finish second this season. So well, I think we were all pretty high on the Kings yeah. Taipans early. We weren't doubting them as much as uh, the general media seemed to be. Yeah. Early. That being said, New Zealand, man – I mean, they're just playing fantastic basketball on both ends. And Will McDowell-White is uh, absolutely – he's like the like you talk about Josh Giddy. He's that's his Josh Giddy of that team. So I know it, it, when we when they announced the play-in tournament, we all said, geez, I don't know about this. Even I said it. I don't know. I don't know if this is, you know, going to work. We'll wait and see. Yeah. I think that right now it is working. This it, it has been good, I think, because it creates two races in the league. It can creates a race within a race. So you've got the people fighting. You're right, yep for top two, but then you've got other teams fighting to get to stay in the top six. So between uh you know fourth and and seventh, there is only a game or two, you know, between all those teams. So Yeah. They could all sort of change position. Like the Jack Jumpers could still miss out. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, will, there's this, as I think I saw a thing the other day that there is an actual like a low possibility, but there is a huge like a a real strong. <laughs> it's getting stronger by the moment that there will be like six or seven teams that get 15 wins. Right. Yeah. So, so it'll just be percentage. That yeah. Oh yeah, percentage. Which which again, uh, what's his name for the for the? I keep forgetting his name because he's crap. But he played in the NBA for age for the Bullets. Um, oh, uh, Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, hate he, that guy. I, 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 they have been I don't like him season. either. Yeah, he's shit. Yeah, he has not adjusted to the NBL 
No. At all, because of the physicality, the way there's played in, on, and, have, you know, there's That's actual defense being played, not like in the bad, NBA bad where, recruiting. you know, there's someone 2K from you and you shoot an open jump shot. That's it. Yeah, it's bad <laughs> recruiting by that. Uh, by that yeah, basketball. but he does. A lot, I don't think a lot of imports get when they come here that this isn't about wins and losses. It's about percentage. And he was getting angry at players for shooting shots when the game was, you know, when the game was well and truly won. They were still playing to the end and getting baskets. And he was getting upset and getting in people's faces. And I'm like, mate, this is about percentage, mate. What the fuck? Do you realise what competition you're playing in? Yeah, someone had to explain it to him, didn't they? Yeah. And then he calmed down and went, oh, 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 okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But that happened a few times, man. That happened a few times. You just can't, like, yeah. for whatever Different reason, culture. this cunt's got $70 million from playing in the NBA, but he can't adjust to playing in yeah. the NBL. Uh, anyway, I think Southeast, and look, if uh, I think Melbourne's got to play Brisbane twice and Perth twice in the final four games. If they win all those games, they will get in too. So the Adelaide will drop in. out, I think. So, yeah, yeah, Adelaide's still a chance to miss out. They don't convince me either. And Melbourne United are playing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they've, beat, they've won five of their last six. So, yeah. As much as I, it's, you know, I'm pained to say it, they have been playing good. Yeah, I don't want to say it either, but they have. I've watched them a little bit, and uh, this is still just nipping at the heels there. It's going to be a close finish. This uh, the, the whole playing thing is added to this whole level of intrigue, though, wouldn't you? I think you'd have to agree. I like it so far. I want to see how the whole thing plays out, but it's yeah, I think you're right. It adds a level of intrigue. It adds a game within the the game. Look, it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great finals. It's going to be like. Do you still hate it, Frank? Yep. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Give it a chance. Are you going to expand on that at all? Or, uh... Yeah, that's just that's it. Just a flat get fucked. Play yeah. As I said, it's just a fucking. It's just an easy fucking hand me down. Oh, I'm not good enough. Uh, give me a playoff spot. Give me a chance. All right, can't. Here you go. So you don't think it's adding a level of intrigue to how the league sort of fit, like the bottom teams, how they approach games? Oh, look, look for the, you know, for the fans and that, it, it does make sense. But, you know, for the actual team itself, for the players, it's, they, you know, if it was me, it's like, well, you know, oh, if we don't get a certain spot, we'll just go for the plane. That's all right. You know, we'll just see how it goes type thing, yeah. you know. I don't know how many teams think like that, though. They, no, they, but, but can you see yeah. what I can you see what I'm trying to say? It's yeah, no, it's, I, I do. I get it. I get yeah. what you're trying to say. But I think it's an anti-tanking measure as well because sometimes you get situations where the top. I mean, it hasn't been in the NBL for the last two or three seasons because it's just so much parity and all the teams and stuff like that. But you do get seasons sometimes where the top four or five is set, and yeah, and it has been set. For 10, 12 games. Yeah. yeah, for half the season, maybe. Half the season. So if, and then, if you, then just... you get to the bottom of the ladder and they just start going, well, we're just going to put the young kids in and uh, the season's a wipe. Now they're like, we've got to put our best team in. The, we, or, there's a possibility that we could make the play in. Like, yeah, Mel- it, Melbourne United, the eighth yeah. place team, are still, they're still counting themselves a chance. Uh, I guarantee they... you, if they're in a play in, if they're in a playing game, Melbourne United, no one's going to want to play them. No one's going to want to play that fucking team. Yeah, I mean, Goulding could just heat up, go for 50, and all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're knocked out. I think it's good. I think it definitely. Um... Yeah, I think you're right, though. We have to wait to see how it plays out, like after the playing, after the finals are finished. But so far, I like how it's going. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I don't know if Frank will, but no chance Sydney are, are in a play in at all, Frank. They're sitting sitting pretty up the top there. Up the dominating. top. Dominating. 
dominating the league, possibly with the best, arguably the best player, Xavier Cooks. Xavier Cooks, yeah. I think Mitch Creek is a better player, to be honest, individually. I think he's a better player. I'd have him as an MVP over. Yeah, I, I think he's just more influential on his team, but then you've got, like, it's so close because the Kings are obviously dominant, you know what I mean? And he's a yeah. huge part of that. Yeah, yeah, they do dominate. Like their style of play largely hinges on how much you can restrict Xavier Cooks because he because he pretty much does everything well. Shoot the ball, oh, except free throws. Doesn't really shoot. Doesn't do free throws well, but he throws down. See that windmill he threw down, and I think it was in the last yeah. game against the Hawks. I think it was. He threw down the yeah. fucking amazing. He's, he's had some fucking great dunks some this sick year. Dunks, yeah, yeah. He's thrown down some. Well, we got to enjoy him. And him and uh, uh, Vadonovich, is it? Is that? Am I getting his name right for Sydney as well? Who hit ten threes? Vasilievich. Vasilievich, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Vasilievich, um, who hit 10 threes against the Phoenix. He caught fire, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, those two players, you know, enjoy them while they're here because they're going to get big bucks overseas or possibly in the NBA next season. I think so. I can see that for Mitch Creek too, I reckon, after this season, especially if the Phoenix, you know, make a playoff push and make it in and, and do well. I could I could see Mitch Creek getting another offer in the NBA. Possibly. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, definitely, he's got better. Is it, uh, I think he's better. No, for sure. There, I think for sure he's better. I think maybe his age on will be a bit of yeah. a. He's a bit older. That he's a bit older than what he was. I think that Europe. I think he'll get some offers from Europe, though, for sure. Hmm. But some Euro League teams want you know someone who's really tough. Like that's a tough to play in the uh, Euro League. Is re- you have to be a oh. real fucking tough MF, and he is well, one. So absolutely, yeah, Frank. You know how um, earlier in the week I sent you that clip of the I think it was from Instagram of the Euro League where uh, Nikola Mirotic stepped out of out of bounds before he shot a three pointer and <laughs> forced overtime in that Euro League game, and the crowd started going fucking crazy. Man, how nuts are their fans? Like they, they have to honestly, they have to halt the game sometimes because it's so loud, no one can hear anything. Yeah, there's flares going off and fucking yeah. in the crowd. It's been chucked yeah. everywhere. If, you, if you've got KO or Foxtel, they do play the Euro League games <laughs> on them, man, and they're great. Yeah, fucking great. All right, that's it then. Let's leave it there. That's enough discussion for this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining me, Matt. No worries. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for uh, getting on board here and not uh, tripping off somewhere. To we saw some uh, interesting net technology going on the other day, Frank. Oh, uh, jeez! <laughs> it happened again. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Well, it was a Boston game, but it was um, where were they playing? They were playing. Uh, wasn't it the Garden though? I think it was somewhere else. No, wasn't no, it? no. It was... They were playing away. They were playing. Um, uh, fucking who? Was that the game that got was it away? Charlotte or something? about 50 minutes? It was Denver, I think, wasn't it? Right, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, and they... <laughs> oh, because the, the game, rim was fucking... It wasn't level. Rob Williams dunked it and they couldn't get the rim level again. And they're up there with a the spirit level and measuring it. And All I could think of was Matt. All I could think of was... <laughs> they just need Matt there. Just get Matt to go down there and sort it out. Jesus. They, had oh, to, they changed the rim over. They changed. Didn't they change both baskets? I don't know. What they, they ended up changing everything. Yeah, because they just they delayed the game more than. Well, they've was. got to be the same. I'd say go if you can't straighten that one, go bend the other one. <laughs> That'd be funny if that's all they needed to do. Yeah, there with a hammer and just fucking give it some whacks until. Just let a play from the other team. Yeah. Whack, whack that ring. And of course, Frank. Uh, thanks again, man. Thanks for coming on board and uh, watching some some ball with me over the last week. Yeah, it's always fun. Always fun. Fucking sharing our shit. Swearing about basketball. Yeah. Talking shit. As I mentioned earlier, we'll 
We're on the social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Follow us on there at GT Basketball Pod, GT Basketball Podcast. We're free on all podcasting platforms as well. Absolutely free. Never plan on charging for this podcast. I couldn't do it with a clear conscience. That would not that good. We're definitely a free podcast. So that'll do it for this episode. See you later, everyone. Farewell. Toodaloo. Sod off. Sounds like Frank's in the toilet. Are you in the, Did you record this podcast from the from the can? No. No, no you didn't. No. All right. It, it, just for this, for the last time, two times you what? spoke, it's just a little bit more echo. It Why like did it maybe, sound like that? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm always in the, I've always been in the same spot. Maybe it's the positioning of the mic or something. I don't know. It sounds like you're talking into a cupboard. It just uh, I wasn't before. Anyway, <laughs> no, before it was really weird. It was like you were t- in the toilet bowl talking from there. <laughs> Maybe I should do that next time. Come I recorded live. it. Come I recorded the it. You know, surprisingly good acoustics in the toilet. You know, it's a little I've, bit too much reverb for my liking. I've, I've interviewed people over Zoom and they were in the toilet, and it sounded pretty good. Like it was. I gives think them a some bit. are better than others, though. Some people really? have a pretty in- lavish toilet. Yeah, interviewing people over Zoom and they're fucking on the toilet. Well, they, oh, they, were, they were taking a shit. They were, it was like, oh, fuck, I've, my missus is watching her show. I've got to go like somewhere where, you oh, know. Oh, so they're not. Not for the service, I guess.